in life, everybody goes through ups and downs. And when I suffer, when life really sucks, I like to turn to scripture to find some pointers. Sadly, sometimes it's a bit lacking in talking about problems that are typical to 2021. But there is one whole book, the book of Job, that deals with a big question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why me? I could tell you to go read the 42 beautiful poetic chapters of the story. But when we are in pain, we're not very patient. So I'm going to try to summarize the whole story for you in 15 minutes. You think I can do it? Welcome to the Friendly Rev Podcast, where we grow in Christian spirituality without being bogged down by church politics. I'm a full-fledged minister without a church, and I love to give sincere, easy-to-understand answers. I never judge, and I don't exclude anyone. I would love to be your Friendly Rev. My name is Etienne Lesage. Let's have a chat. The story of Job is a satire. You know what that is. A satire is a story that pokes fun at human traits or situation. And it makes us laugh because we recognize a bit of ourselves in it. Now, the main goal of a satire is not to make you laugh. It is actually to disarm you and then get you thinking about the situation it exposes and it uses exaggeration as a tool to make a point. That's what The Simpsons have been doing on TV, as well as Saturday Night Live. But they're not all funny. Think of um, Fight Club. That's also a satire. It's about toxic masculinity. So I never really liked the story of Job until someone told me it was a satire. I didn't know that. It makes quite a difference once you know that a story is not to be taken at face value, that it didn't really happen as is, but that it carries some truth that would be important for you. The story of Job is considered to be part of the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. They say wisdom because the wisdom of the time was to believe that blessings and good things always happen to good people and bad things must happen to bad people. The author of the story of Job, of the whole book, thought it was just bogus. Are you ready to hear that story? Let's do it. The story of Job, written 2,600 years ago by people who were really fed up with bull****. Once upon a time, there was a man named Job. The man was blameless and upright, and he really respected and admired God, and wanted nothing to do with anything evil. Job had seven sons and three daughters. He also had a lot of livestock. Listen to this. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 
500 donkeys and very many servants. So it was said that the man was the greatest of all the people of the East. He had nothing to fear from God. But just to be on the safe side, he would burn sacrifices and offer them to God just in case his children had sinned or were sinning without his knowing. God was seeing all that and he said to Satan, Hey, have you considered my servant Job? Look at that, there's no one like him on earth. He's blameless and upright and he respects me so much. But Satan scoffed and laughed. He said, oh, come on. How can you be so sure the guy really respects you? You've given and blessed him with everything he has in life. But I bet if you stretch out your hand and you take away all he has, he will curse you to your face. God said, oh, very well. Take everything he has if you want, but don't touch him. The following day, a messenger came to Job and he said, I'm sorry, master. The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them. And the Sabaean soldiers, they fell on them and they carried them off. And they killed the servants with their sword. Only me has escaped to tell you. Then another one came and said, Master, I'm sorry. Fire fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and all the servants and consumed them. Only me has escaped to tell you. And then another one came to say, Sorry, master, the Chaldean soldiers formed three columns and they made a raid and then they carried the camels off and killed all the servants with their sword. Only me has escaped to tell you. As if that was not enough, a last one came to say, I'm so sorry, master. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on them. And now they're dead. Only me has managed to escape to come and tell you. Poor Job. You can imagine he was struck with grief. He arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell on the ground. And still he wanted to worship God. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin, and he did not accuse God of having done anything wrong to him. Then, seeing all that, God said, I told you so. See, Satan, Job is still faithful and respects me, even though you tried to pin him against me. But Satan again laughed. Skin for skin. Anybody would give all they have just to save their lives. So that doesn't mean anything. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh. And I'm sure he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, do whatever you want, but spare his life. And the following day, Satan inflicted awful sores all over Job's body, head to toe. He had to sit in the ashes and spent his day scratching and scratching and 
His wife saw him suffering and she said, You're still persisting in your faith and your integrity after all that? Oh, come on. Curse God and die. All this has been bogus. Nothing is worth it anymore. Job looks at her and says, Oh, is that the way it is? So you want us to accept all the good that comes from God, but the bad you don't want. Is that how it is? Even after being through all that, Job remained faithful to God. After hearing about Job's extreme misfortunes, three of his friends decided to come and keep him company. First, they cried with him for seven days. Job was so distraught that he was cursing the day he was born, cursing his mother's womb. It's like saying, I should have never been born. Or maybe nowadays, saying, FML. Then his friends tried to help him by providing some advice. They all thought, as per the customs of the time, that there was an order, an established order to everything that happens in life. And they each take a jab at it in a different way to try to help Job understand their point. So the first one is Eliphaz. And Eliphaz says, Job, buddy, you know that everything happens for a reason. And your present right now, it's not the end of the story. It's the middle of it. And what brought you here was not random. And what's going to happen to you won't be random either. Even innocents have to suffer in life sometimes. But if you're really as blameless as we know you are, then your suffering will only be temporary. Considering everything is lost, Job doesn't buy it, and I would not either. Then the second friend, Bildad, chimes in. He says, Job, your children died. And it's a classic example of what happens to those who are wicked or strangers to wisdom. You must have known that somehow, Job, because you were burning sacrifices to atone for your kids. But you know what? There's something positive in all this. They're dead, but you're still alive. It means that you are less of a sinner than them. It means you still have a chance. You should repent and see what happens. <laughs> yes, I know. I would like to slap that friend as well. Um, but wait, it's not over. There's the third friend, Zophar, who says, Job, Job, you might be a good man, but you probably have sinned a lot too without being aware. And that's why all this is happening to you. You know, God sees everything. God is aware of everything. And if God could speak to you and open his lips right now, well, he would tell you what you did and you would understand and then you would repent. Then a young man named Elihu was passing by and he told them, sorry guys, I couldn't help but overhear your conversation and you should stop torturing your friend here. And you, Mr. Job, you should understand that God is using suffering as an opportunity to speak to you and for you to reflect on your life and 
find how is it that you could get closer to God. Job couldn't believe his ears. And he said, what kind of friends are you? You really think that those theories are helpful when it comes to the terrible loss I had? All my livelihood, my livestock, all my children, gone, dead. Come on! None of you can tell me why God allowed all that to happen. I would sue God in court if I could. Everybody stopped talking. Everything came to a halt. And God's voice showed up, carried by the wind. Job was all pumped up, ready to defend his case and to prosecute God, accusing God of cruelty. Why did God let this injustice happen to such a righteous person as me? Then they start bantering, long poetic discourses back and forth, grandstanding like star lawyers. But God does not even address Job's recommendation. God, we could say, would move for a mistrial, saying that Job doesn't even have the competence to sue God. God said, do you have control over the wind and the seas? Did you put life in there? Are you a guide to every single living being on the planet, Job? No, I didn't think so. And since you're not the regulator of the whole creation, you are not entitled to get an explanation on your suffering from me. No more that you would be entitled to an explanation on the goal of existence of crocodiles. There are things that human logic and human justice cannot explain. You cannot see the big pictures than I see. Then Job deflated a bit. He said, I know, God, I know that you're all powerful, that you can do everything you want. You ask how I dare to question your wisdom when I'm so very ignorant. I just talked about things I didn't understand. But God, in the past, I knew only what others told me. But now I've seen you with my own eyes and I need to change my mind about everything I said and thought. But God turns to Eliphaz and the other friends and he said, I'm angry with you because you didn't speak the truth about me. You were not helpful. You misrepresented me. Now take some livestock and bring it to Job. Ask Job to pray for you. And that's what the friends did. Of course, Job accepted joyfully to pray for them. And he asked God to bless them. Which God did. In fact, God blessed everyone after all that. With more livestock, more friends, more community even more children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And it is said that Job lived a long, 
happy life that was worth it. He never had an answer to his question. Why me? Why do good people have to suffer? Are you disappointed with this ending, friend? If you are, I understand. It's akin to how we feel when we've been watching a TV series for many episodes and then it ends. And we go, what? That's the end? With so many things left unexplained? I told you before telling you the story that it was a satire and those who wrote it wanted to force people to think about how absurd their theory of God's retribution was. In essence, it meant if you're good, God's gonna bless you with good things. If you're bad, God's gonna send you bad things. It's ridiculous to think that one, there's a big system of equation that makes sure that you're responsible of everything that's happening to you. And two, that if those bad things happen, it must be God that has decided that it would happen for a reason. It does not explain why even the best of people have to suffer excruciating losses in their lives. Those who write that story that ended up staying in the Bible were opposing what was the so-called wisdom of the time. It was not wise, it was stupid, is what they're saying. Yes, God has tremendous power. But it doesn't mean that God uses that power against you. On the contrary. God doesn't say whether he has a part to play in the suffering we endure. But he does say, or I should say he does what is important. Which is to send Job to pray for his friends. And then the prayer is not even over that God blesses them all. God restores them, heals them and helps them experience a going back to life that is refreshing. God doesn't bring back all that was lost, because sometimes it cannot be done. But God is still there to work with us and to open new ways to starting again. We don't know why people have to suffer in life. We all have this tendency after something big happens to us to say, why me? It's a normal question to have while we're grieving, but it's not useful for very long. Unless you know it is something, some pain that you've caused as a result of your actions, it's not useful to ask, why pain? It's better to turn to God and ask, okay, how do we get back from this? How will you help me, God? You don't even have to bargain with God to deserve help. The original blessing you received from God when you were born, yes, you were blessed because if you were born, it's because God loved you. God decided you were worthy of love before you were born. 
So you don't even have to deserve God's help. You just have to look for it. And in the meantime, you do what God advised Job to do, which was to go pray for his friends because it would be helpful to everyone. Turn to your neighbor and help them as you wait for God's help. And it will come. Talk to God about it and see what grows inside of you. See what happens around you. You won't be stuck in your pain alone for that long because you're not alone. Every time you want to say, why me? Try to give God another chance to become your ally. In the next episode, we will consider what is it that we say to people nowadays when we try to be helpful, but we're just as misguided and clumsy as Job's friends, saying things like everything happens for a reason. Boy, I wish we erased that expression from our vocabulary. If you tune in next time, I'll tell you why. Until then, be blessed and take good care. You've been listening to the Friendly Rev podcast with Etienne Lesage. Subscribe to this podcast and stay informed about new releases. You can contact me on my website at friendlyrev.com. Your feedback and your questions will inspire future episodes. I'm looking forward to it. See you soon, friend.